Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. We're going to have a uh, <clears throat> fun show today. We're going to take a look at the Premier League uh, preview. We're going to talk about the teams, where they stand. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we'll be giving you a complete preview and picks and prognostications for all the matches on the weekend, other than the Friday matches, which I will or match, I which I will get to today. Let's talk about some of the rule changes in the Premier League. Let's take a look at some of the transfers that are going around the transfer market. Of course, we can also talk about Lionel Messi signing with PSG. Uh, Lots to get to today. Lots of discussions. Uh, And, of course, we would be remiss if we didn't also touch on Chelsea's victory in the uh, European Super Cup in penalties. Uh, all right, those are the topics on the table for today. Find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, and then again, midnight Pacific. That's 3 a.m. on the East Coast if you're listening on Sports Overnight America. I would also like to welcome all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. Welcome all of you to the show. It is great to have you with me. And if you're listening on one of our digital channels, whether that's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning SiriusXM app, uh, that is another great place to find us. Uh, If you miss any part of today's show or any of our shows and you want to listen to them again or listen to them at your convenience, uh, head over to our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network. Uh, you can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if it's not there, whether that's Spotify or iHeartRadio, uh, iTunes, uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc., you can find uh, the show there. That's what we're going to get to today. We have finally come to the end of a, I would say, a long, hot summer, uh, to use a Tom Robinson band song analogy, but it hasn't really been a long, hot summer. It's certainly been a hot summer, but not all that long with the Euros and the Olympics. And then, of course, we went right into, you know, the preseason for the European season, which is now upon us. All right, I'm going to take a break. Be right back to kick it off here on World Soccer Radio. Welcome back. A little motorhead to bring you back to me, Nick Gieber here, World Soccer Radio, Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. We've got some great matches coming up this weekend in the Premier League. I suppose if we have to look for a uh, marquee match, that would be Sunday's matchup between Tottenham Hotspur and Manchester City. Of course, all the discussion there around Harry Kane. Will he stay or will he go? Uh, but we do have matches tomorrow, Brentford-Arsenal. I'm going to give you my picks for that match. I'm also going to tell you what's a great place that you can go and place a little wager on it if you want to do a little sports betting. It's a lot of fun to bet on sports. kind of adds a little spice to the dinner, so to speak. Uh, 
There's no better place, really, than betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. That's where I've been betting on sports there for many, many years. Never have a problem getting money in. Never have a problem getting money out. Great menu and selection of sports. Everything you might want. Baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer. Uh, soccer from all over the world. I mean, you know, you name it. You want to bet on the Croatian third division, head over to betonline.ag. You want to bet on the Premier League, head over to betonline.ag. You want to bet on uh, Ligue 1, Serie A, or the Champions League, head over there. You want to bet on Major League Soccer, head over there. Also, they got everything else, but, you know, wrestling, MMA, boxing, snooker, nose picking. They got everything, everything. And they got spreads and money lines and, you know, and totals and uh, prop bets, everything you might want. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, if you head over there right now, they'll give you a 50% deposit on your, 50% bonus on your first deposit. Uh, You heard 50% bonus on your first deposit, BetOnline.ag. We are presented by BetOnline.ag, and so uh, we will be giving you all the odds from BetOnline a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Let's talk about Lionel Messi, because he does sign a two-year contract with Paris Saint-Germain, forcing PSG, apparently, to get rid of some 10 first-team players in order to accommodate the depth of that first of that front three of Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi. I, I, I still wonder about the Champions League and Paris Saint-Germain because, uh, you know, I, I come to the conclusion that life is about, that, that, that sport is largely about momentum, uh, but most importantly, about the level that you play day in and day out and week in and week out. And one of the things that we've learned about the Premier League is that, you know, the the rising tide lifts all boats. You know, Ligue 1 is not a strong league. It is not a primary European league. It is a secondary league by all accounts. Yes, there's some great teams that are fully capable of doing great things. Lille, PSG, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Lyon, Marseille, blah, blah. But, you know, are these teams, week in and week out, league play anywhere near it is in La Liga or Serie A or the Premier League or the Bundesliga? No, it's not. And as a result, PSG find themselves lacking in that killer touch, that ability to withstand the onslaught of teams that are run at 110 miles an hour every day, as opposed to a team that can do 110 miles an hour in sprint, such as PSG, particularly with Messi. So where I'm going with this is, I'm still not convinced that even with the addition of Messi to PSG, and by the way, I think that in and of itself is a very, very good location for Messi to go to. And I think I've mentioned this on this show. Uh, you know, I think the rigors of the Premier League, and I don't mean that Lionel Messi is not capable of playing in a rough-and-tumble league, because of course he is. But I'm talking, as I said before, 38 games, week in, week out, no real breaks, uh, you know... Um, that's tough. He's 34 years old. 
And uh, he's never been, as uh, Rafa Hernandez reminded us, he's uh, never been much of a uh, runner. And so, playing in La Liga is probably in La Liga, in Serie A, in Ligue 1, excuse me, I'll get it right eventually, <laughs> is probably exactly the right place for him in terms of, um, in terms of, uh, of, of the right league for him to go to. So anyway, uh, we'll, we'll see. Where, you know, where, where I really am going with all this is I'm not sure that PSG are going to win the Champions League. What they are going to do, though, however, is make it much, much more difficult for Manchester City to win the Champions League because, uh, you know, look, they've added, um, uh, you know, Jack Grealish. They're trying to go after Harry Kane. Uh, it's an embarrassment of riches. Uh, and why are they doing it? Well, first of all, they need Harry Kane because if you remember last year, they largely played without a striker for most of the year. And they still won it, and they still scored a lot of goals. But, you know, you have to think that they need that option up top. So Kane would be perfect for them. But then you have to say, you know, how would how would City stack up against, say, a PSG in the Champions League? I'm going to go out on a limb, a crazy limb. I'm going to say, actually, neither team will win the Champions League this year. I don't know what it is about Man City, but there is some mental block between their success in the Premier League and their success in the Champions League. And they are going to be pushed a lot harder this year in the Premier League than they were last year. Because, as you will see starting the next segment, when we start to talk about the teams in the league and the signings that have been made and which teams are strong and which teams really are going to present a challenge, there is definitely a gap and there are definitely some teams that are going to put a lot of pressure and be a big part of the title race. And given the news today that Romelu Lukaku has signed with Chelsea... You have to think Thomas Tuchel has all the weapons at his disposal to win the to win the title. And we're going to get into this in a bit more detail in the next segment. I don't really want to touch on it, but what I am going to say here is uh, that it's going to be a very hard domestic campaign for Manchester City. There are largely going to be no easy matches for City, by the way, as opposed to, say, Paris Saint-Germain, which will have a lot of easy matches and as a result I'm, I'm wondering if this is a sort of war of attrition where both PSG and Manchester City kind of wear themselves out PSG because they're not match fit at the highest level because they only play in the Champions League and you know some are certainly in the group stages. They're going to meet some teams that are not very good. And Man City, because they're going to, you know, be fighting pitched battles every week in the Premier League. I mean, at some point, Man City are going to have to let some things go. And clearly, that'll be the League Cup, uh, the FA Cup. They'll probably play, you know, a, a, a younger, weaker roster 
earlier on to keep their players fresh. So lots to get to, lots to unpack. I tell you what, we'll, I'm going to have to take a break, but when we come back, let's get into a quick preview of all the teams. But before we do that, let's talk about the kickoff match tomorrow uh, between a newly promoted Brentford and Arsenal Football Club. Uh, that is away at Brentford, so we will see. I'm going to give you my pick for that. I'll run through some of the odds. This is World Soccer Radio, presented by betonline.ag. I'm Nick Eber. Find me on Twitter at Nick Eber or Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Soccer Radio, Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. I'm Nick Eber, Premier League, getting ready to kick off tomorrow. Finally, it's here. The wait is over. We can get back to the gem that is European football. In other words, something to look forward to every week. And there will be some changes this year as opposed to last year. Not least of which, you're going to see fans in the stadium. Almost to capacity is what I'm reading. And that will be, uh, you know, a, a, a definite benefit. On the 19th of July, they lifted capacity limits at sporting venues in the UK. Um, the only place that, that you may see some empty seats is going to be uh, seating that they think is close enough to the playing area into what they call a red zone in the stadium. Plus, they're going to make fans show proof of vaccinations, uh, which is really interesting because, um, you know, that's a fight we're having here in the United States. Apparently, just wearing a face mask infringes on everybody's rights. I mean, I'm just I, I'm shocked at the stupidity, by the way, uh, that goes on. But, you know, what what, what can I say? Um for example, if you want to go to Stamford Bridge, you're going to have to provide evidence that you're at low risk of transmitting COVID-19. In other words, you're going to have to provide a negative COVID test within 24 hours or a vaccination stamp. And I personally think that that just makes sense, right? I mean, do you want to sit next to someone that may have, you know, 100 million spores of this virus in their nose? And if you are, do you want to sit next to them? And they could well be vaccinated and have that. It's by the same token, don't you want to make sure you're vaccinated as well? So don't put yourself in a position where you can really set yourself up for health failure. So I'm fine with that. And I think we're going to see more and more of that across the UK. I don't think we'll see that here in the United States because I think it becomes such a highly politicized issue for some absolutely bizarre reason some of the other big changes well we have a fair amount of new managers um <coughs> excuse me if you remember uh, uh jose Mourinho was sacked from tottenham then they had a caretaker manager uh and right now uh, new, uh they have a new manager uh at tottenham who is nuno espirito santo who was a manager of wolves okay uh, I mean, he did a great job at Wolves. They had two top seven finishes. Uh, they made the semifinals in the FA Cup. Uh, they made the Europa League quarterfinals. And he did that, you know, by losing a lot of his top players. Look at Diogo Jota, for example. 
And um, he still made it happen. He's a really good manager, and I think he's a good fit for Tottenham. In terms of other managerial changes, well, of course, the shocker last year was uh, Carlo Ancelotti uh, sort of giving the middle finger to uh, the fans and folks at Goodison Park at Everton uh, as he left really after just having, I want to say, re-signed a new contract. But uh, uh, the guy replacing him is one of my all-time favorite managers, of course, the Liverpool great Rafa Benitez. Now, going to your cross-time rival is one thing. And again, he hasn't been at Liverpool for a long time. But he has not been welcomed by the Everton supporters because back in 2007, in a press conference while coaching Liverpool, he called Everton a small club. <laughs> that was after one of the Merseyside derbies. But, you know, despite the fact that Everton fans should be looking a gift horse in the face with Rafa Benitez, they are giving him a load of trouble. He has a big hill to climb to get the fans to come over to his side. Uh, will he do it? I think he will. He's such a nice and genteel man and um, is a very, very, very good manager. And Everton is a club that has at times threatened to kind of break into big club relevance. And I'm not suggesting they're not a big club, but if you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, break through the top six clutter and then they seem to sort of self-destruct. And I think Rafa Benitez is the right guy possibly to uh, guide them onwards and upwards. Uh, so Benitez, one of four Spanish managers in the league right now, of course, there's Mikel Arteta at Arsenal. And I think he's going to be very short-lived unless he can put some big results on the board. Uh, obviously, Pep. And uh, the new manager at Watford is Cisco Munez. So um, that is... Uh, uh, kind of a nice Spanish contingent in the league. Uh, by the way, Wolves have replaced uh, uh, Nuno Espirito Santo with another Portuguese manager. I guess they're liking the Portuguese managers with Bruno Lager. Uh, and um, we will be seeing Patrick Vieira in the Premier League again as he is the uh, boss at Crystal Palace. So that's some of the managerial changes uh, we will see in the Premier League this season. In terms of rule changes, uh, there are a couple of rule changes that I think are really important uh, in the Premier League. Uh, first of all, uh, what they've done, you know, if, if you remember the frustration uh, last season with VAR in terms of the offside calls, where it, it is impossible to say that this goal was ruled out for offside and VAR checked it, and you as a fan are looking at that going, yeah, you know, VAR made a huge mistake. The fact of the matter is it's so precise and so accurate. It's like if you were one pubic hair in front of the guy that you shouldn't have been, it's offside. And, and of course, <coughs> it's a toenail. It's a kneecap. I mean, it, it, it just gets to a point where it's frustrating, right? It's frustrating because you're like, oh, you know, Really? Well, what they're going to do is rather than actually change the offside rule, first of all, they're going to go back to giving the advantage to the attacker. Although, whether there's an advantage or not, it doesn't make any sense because you go to VAR 99% of the time anyway. But what they are going to do is they're going to use a thicker line in the interpretation of what is offside. 
So, in other words, there's sort of a no-man's land in those off-site calls between the attacker and the last defender. And that should, hopefully, do away with the kneecap or the toenail or the pubic hair or, or you know, whatever it is that has resulted in rule changes or result changes due to, you know, extremely narrow margins that you have to say are unreasonable given the fact that this is not a video game. It's a game played on a real pitch by real athletes in real time. So this is a way that I think is good that VAR is adapting to the rules and the rules at times are changing to adapt some of the results of VAR. So to, what I mean by that specifically is if you look at the handball decision. So what they have now done is they have amended the handball decision. Now, a great example, okay? Mo Salah flicked the ball off Robin Koch's knee and his arm, if you remember, um, at Leeds United, like one of the last games of the season. Liverpool leads. A penalty was given. That wouldn't be given under the new rules. And I'm going to explain them a little bit. Because what the new rules are saying, and by the way, to go back to this in a second, most, 99.9% .9 of the time, and that is a completely unscientific percentage, it's one I'm pulling out of my backside, okay? But most, let's just say most of the time, VAR actually got the decision spot on. The issue wasn't whether VAR was wrong or right. The issue became, well, how silly or unreasonable is the rule given the fact that we can go down and dissect the actions frame by frame now with VAR. So we were seeing a lot of problems with the rules itself rather than a problem of, of the uh, viewing of the infraction, which is what VAR did. So I think a lot of the, anima, the animosity was the fingers were pointed at VAR unreasonably so. So here's how they're changing it. In case of the handball, they're looking to see what is the hand or arm position in relation to body movement. In other words, if I turn left to right or pivot my body around, it is natural. My hands probably will be at my side. They may come out a couple of inches. And if a ball bounces off that, that is not going to be considered a handball. But they're going to ask, is the body being made unnaturally bigger? So to, uh, to use an example from last season, um, Max Kilman at Wolves had a big decision go against him when they were playing Leicester um, because they deemed, because it would be his arm, uh, that was a stupid decision if you remember, it was given because per the interpretation of the rules it was correctly given, but his arms were at his side, I mean there was really nothing he could do about it. And, and so with this new rule changes for accidental handball also, and the body being made on natural position, and what is the hand or arm position, that would actually, um, his, he, they would have said his arm was in a natural position, and that wouldn't have been a penalty. Because, I mean, I think you're asking players to sort of, you know, <laughs> we're forgetting players have arms. <laughs> they use them to balance and run and 
you know, it's, it's a silly rule. So it's been amended. I'm hopeful that this season that the implementation of this will be consistent. I, I, I guess that's the issue. Oh, look at this. We are running out of time in this segment quickly. Uh, let's come back after the break. We'll wrap up the rule changes. There's only one other one that I really want to talk about. And then let's get into the match coming up tomorrow. I'll give you my picks courtesy of betonline.ag. And let's do a little preview of all the teams in the league. I'll be right back. World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Gieber. Welcome back, World Soccer Radio, Sports Byline, Broadcast Network and Sirius XM, also iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning Sirius XM app. I'm Nick Eber, great to be with you, I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, then again, uh, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. Lots to get to today because we have the first kickoff match in the Premier League uh, tomorrow. Friday. Um, I was talking about some of the rule changes in the last segment. We were talking a bit about the reinterpretation of handball. In terms of accidental handball, it is an offense if an attacker scores direct or immediately after the ball touches a hand or arm, whether, whether deliberate or an accident. And I think that that's reasonable. Okay, and we talked about the benefit of doubt for the attacking player <coughs> now being restored. So we'll see how these are implemented, these rule changes. Um, we'll see what happens. By the way, um, I, I, I want to put the power of the Premier League into some sort of understandable form for you when we talk about big leagues, little leagues, etc., etc. The new deal for the Premier League, domestically now, we're talking about within the UK, is with Sky Sports, BT Sports, Amazon Prime Video, and BBC Sports. They've got a three-year deal, and just to give you an idea, the previous deal was worth 4.7 billion billion pounds. That's a billion, folks. You have to think this is probably worth closer to five and a half billion. That's about seven billion dollars over three years. That's over two billion dollars a year just for the domestic, within the UK, rights to the Premier League. That's not including the international rights for the Premier League, which I'm trying to uh, find out how much those are, but I'm going to tell you it's a lot. $7 billion rights deal. I mean, it is crazy, right? And that's just in the UK. Probably add uh, 
about another two billion dollars, one point five to two billion dollars. Um, all over. Think about that for a minute. I mean, that is the value of the league, and that is just absolutely stunningly enormous. Far beyond the value of probably any other sports franchise in terms of uh, the value of their of their um, television rights. All right. Well, th- those are the rule changes. Let's get to tomorrow's match. Uh, it is at Brentford Community Stadium. It is Brentford uh, hosting Arsenal Football Club. Uh, Brentford, the new boys, uh, they are... Um, Uh, they, you know, did very well, by the way, in the, um, they did very well in the championship last year. Uh, they, they finished third, they went through the playoffs, they lost their first playoff match, but then they came back to win them all and get promoted through the championship playoffs. Um, you know, Arsenal, they're coming up against an Arsenal side. They've got Aubameyang back, despite the fact that the guy had malaria and lost, you know, all this weight. And Aubameyang really has to uh, get it going again at Arsenal. Uh, you can rest assured that that is going to be critical to their success <clears throat> this season. Uh, we can also look, for example, uh, with Arsenal uh, as to the moves that they've made. I mean, Ben White coming in, uh, he's a centre-back. I think that's really important. That's an important piece for them to shore up defensively. And they brought in uh, Albert Laconga in the central of midfield, centre midfield uh, from Anderlecht. They bought, also brought in uh, Nuno Tavares uh, from um, Benfica. He's a left-back. So I think they have been making some... <coughs> excuse me. Some central midfield and defensive... Uh, shoring up so to speak they will be too much for Brentford despite the fact that Brentford will be wanting to be at home and 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 compete and you know Brentford are a little bit like when Leeds United got promoted you know they are just a team that just likes to get out there and swing with the big boys so don't be surprised for that we have a very exciting game uh, but regardless Arsenal are going to win the money line for Arsenal Right now is minus 115. Uh, that's actually reasonable num- uh, numbers. I would take it. I'm going to take Arsenal over Brentford away from home at the Brentford Community Stadium. I will take Arsenal at minus 115. Uh, I mentioned Arsenal a bit. Let's get down to start looking at some of our teams here. Um, Arsenal adding Ben White and, and uh, 50 million pounds. You know, everyone's been waiting for uh, Stan Kroenke to spend some money and splash some cash now in the scheme of the Lukaku's of the world or the Jack Relishes of the world or even the Ibrahim Kanates of the world, uh, that is not necessarily a massive signing. But it is big for Arsenal, and on top of it, it is what they need. Um, they finished eighth in the league twice, two years in a row. I mean, two years in a row, they finished eighth in the league. That is unacceptable for the Gunners. Now, they do have some youth that's pretty pretty good, like uh, uh, Bukayo Saka and Smith Rowe. Um, but you know, what Arsenal need, as I mentioned this before, is Aubameyang has to score goals. 
Uh, whether or not Arteta stays, I think he will actually not stay. I wouldn't be surprised if he's an early managerial casualty if Arsenal aren't able to go toe-to-toe with some of the bigger teams in the league. Um, Aston Villa, let's have a look. Jack Grealish leaves, obviously. How are they going to deal with it? Um, Danny Ings, Leon Bailey, Emi Buendia have all been added uh, to Aston Villa to kind of make up for it. <clears throat> I think um, maybe the jury's out a little bit. Of course, Ashley Young will be coming back, and that's huge for them. Um, uh, look, I, I think Dean Smith is a good manager. He has a good side. I think Villa will continue to uh, perform uh, maybe a little inconsistently. Uh, I see them as a mid-table to maybe, yeah, right, right around a mid-table finish for Villa. For Villa. Um, we talked about Brentford. They are one of the teams playing tomorrow. Uh, they are, by the way, you may not know this, but they are the 50th team to play in the Premier League. Uh, they're managed by Thomas Frank, who's a Dane. And uh, again, they come out and they score goals. Their leading goal scorer is Ivan Tony. He scored 33 goals last season uh, in the championship. But as we know, that doesn't necessarily equate. Um, uh, Brighton, Hove Albion is the next club because we're going alphabetically. Um, yeah, I you know I, I think Brighton are really, really, really going to struggle, by the way. They finished 16th just out of the relegation zone. They are going to be in a relegation fight this year. It's going to really depend on what the three uh, promoted clubs and how they do. Um, Burnley have new owners. You may not know that. Uh, they've uh, kept uh, Sean Dyche, and that's good for them. They had a really bad uh, start. They did finish sort of nicely clear without too many issues of relegation. Um, they got a good squad, Ben Mee, Tukowski, uh Chris Wood. Uh, I think they'll be fine, uh, by the way. I think they'll be absolutely fine. Um, if there's anyone I think that is going to potentially break up the Manchester City party, though, it's Chelsea. They were wicked in the Champions League final. They just won the Super Cup. They got a huge, talented, young squad, and they just added Romelo Lukaku. Um, if they can get Timo Werner actually, you know, firing on all cylinders, they could be unstoppable this year. Uh, let's talk about Crystal Palace. Uh, Patrick Vieira taking the, ha- the helm after Roy Hodgson uh, was put out to pasture, or put himself out to, to pasture, actually. Um They've kept Wilfred Zaha, who's probably going to have to resign himself to sort of staying a Palace player. Um, and uh, they got Benteke. And they added a couple of defenders, uh, Joachim Anderson, uh, Mark Guay, as well as Michael Olisa. I think this is going to be a r- really interesting season. And I think Patrick Vieira has a lot of pressure on him. Um Everton, well, we talked a little bit about Everton. <clears throat> it's all about Rafa Benitez. They did sign Damari Gray. Um, and Andrus Townsend, uh, you know, is coming out. And let's see what the former England international, uh, if he can get something of a new lease of life back. Um, we have Bielsa and Leeds United uh, having a lot of fun uh, with the Leeds. They were one of the more fun teams last season. Um, Patrick Bamford, Junior Furpo, he came in from Barcelona for 13 million. 
Uh, Leeds United will not get relegated. They will be mid-table. They will be fun to watch. Uh, Leicester City, you know, I can't say enough about Leicester City and Brendan Rodgers. Uh, they will be in the in contention. They suffered a real blow <clears throat> with Wesley Fofana getting a broken leg in a friendly match. Um, but he's added Patson Ducker, uh, Bubakari Samare, and Ryan Bertrand. So they've fattened up a little bit at Everton. And um, uh, they will continue uh, to threaten. Uh, Liverpool, uh, look, uh, the question is, uh, can they refine the form of two years ago? They ended the season on a massive streak to do really well. I think a 10 or 11 game unbeaten streak. Virgil van Dijk is back. They added uh, Konate in the back. Uh, they've got Salah. They've got Mane. Uh, they do have a lot of problems, though, because Keita, Salah, and Mane in January will be buggering off to the African Cup of Nations and that could leave them a little shorthanded, or or we could see, uh, you know, just you know how incredible um, the depth is on the team. And I need to hurry here. Sorry, guys. Uh, Man City. Well, you know, look, Jack Grealish is in. Uh, I, I think if they sign Kane, uh, really could potentially be a game changer. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, I don't think I'm going to have time to finish everything else. i tell you what. Uh, why don't I finish tomorrow? Well, I didn't do Liverpool justice. So let's go back. Let's Tomorrow, why don't I take it from Liverpool? Uh, we'll end it up, go from Liverpool all the way to Watford. Uh, that will complete our, or even, excuse me, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, I was uh, stopping off talking about how wonderful Diogo Jota was at Liverpool, and this was maybe his opportunity when the other players go to the African Cup of Nations, but I'm not sure he's not going to be starting. All right, I have to go to break because I'm just about out of time. This show is never long enough when I need it to be. Um, you're listening to World Soccer Radio. I'm doing giving you my Premier League preview So, in terms of the teams. Tomorrow, I'll wrap up the teams, and I'll give you a full rundown of all the matches over the weekend. Of course, a couple of big ones. Tottenham Man City is definitely a big one. Uh, and I think Leicester Wolves should be a really interesting match as well. Um, so anyway, I've got to go to break. Be right back after this. All right, welcome back. And uh, thanks for staying with me here on uh, World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Nick Eber with you. I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, on these very networks. Uh, don't forget, we are presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And you can find our podcast at our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network, uh, along with iHeart and Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts and all the places you get them as well. Um I'm going to call time now on the team preview. And a reminder that tomorrow I'll be wrapping it up. We're going to go from Liverpool all the way to Wolves. And then look at all the matches. We got Man United Leeds at Old Trafford. We got Burnley Brighton. We got Everton Southampton. Watford Villa, Chelsea Palace, Leicester against Wolves, Norwich against Liverpool. Newcastle, West Ham. Should be a fun game, by the way, that one. Tottenham, Man City. Some cracking games on Sunday as well to look forward to. So we'll be going through. I'll give you my picks and predictions for those matches. It gets a little squirrely uh, early on in the season, as you know. 
uh, early and late, it, it, you know, you get some shock results. It could be a lot of fun. And there may be some great values at betonline.ag. I would be remiss if I did not uh, point them out for you. So uh, tune in tomorrow, and we'll get to all of that. And, of course, we'll get to monitor <clears throat> more of the transfer window, which closes August 31st, by the way. I've had a lot of people ask me about that. So we could still get some big transfer market news and moves. Of course, Romelu Lukaku are signing for Chelsea. So I would say, oh, and, and Rafael Varane signing for Man United. Uh, but United have had a good off offseason. Uh, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to deliver silverware this year, despite him signing a brand new contract. So we'll run down kind of all the all the transfer rumors, uh, all the completed transfers as well, finish our club preview and get into the matches uh, tomorrow. I hope you will join me tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. In the meantime, Twitter me, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, or Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Speak to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.